Hey, and we are talking about tonight. We're continuing our theme, and we've kind of kind of woven the the theme that we're talking about in with Father's Day. So our theme at the moment, we're talking about the values of this church. And I thought, since it's Father's Day, let's talk about something that's actually really uh, near and and, and dear, I guess, to me, and it's spiritual fatherhood. Um, Part part of our... um, Part of my job as a pastor, right, because I'm a pastor of the church, my job as a pastor is actually to release you into what God has called you doing. My job as a pastor is to find out what your calling and what your passions are and what really gets you going and how you can build this church and release you into that. And, and I think that this whole thing about spiritual fathers or spiritual fatherhood is a key aspect of that. But I do want to just preface what I'm going to speak about tonight, right, Yes, I'm talking about spiritual fatherhood, but it's Father's Day, right? I don't only just mean fathers as in, I'm not only just speaking to the blokes here tonight, spiritual parents, anyone can be a spiritual parent tonight. But you know what? I think especially since it's Father's Day, and really what we are actually celebrating on Father's Day, it's not, well, it is our dad's, yes. Yes, it is. But what we are actually celebrating is the dad joke. And we, we had a few dad jokes this morning in church, but I thought, you know what, since I'm speaking about spiritual fatherhood, let's have some spiritual dad jokes. Have you ever heard any spiritual dad jokes like dad jo- uh, spiritual dad jokes out of the Bible? Okay, so are we ready? Uh, th- this is an oldie but a goodie. I've been telling this one for years. And you know what, if there's an expert at dad jokes, it's me. Who was the shortest man in the Bible? Now, some people think it's Nehemiah, but it's not actually Nehemiah. It is actually Bildad the Shuhite from the book of Job. All right, well, how about this one? You're just warming up. You're just warming up. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you. What was the first tennis match in the Bible? The first tennis match in the Bible. It was when Joseph served in Pharaoh's court. Yeah, come on. All right, so, so every, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a coffee snob, right? I love my coffee, but actually coffee is biblical. And, and, and you know, when, when Paul, the apostle Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament, right? And, and he had a small group and he'd have his friends around and, and they'd do a Bible study in Hebrews 4.12. The last one was better, was it? Well, okay, one more, one more. Hey, hey, if anyone needs an ark, I know a guy. Oh, all right. I tried, I tried. My love, my kids, like, hate dad jokes. They're like, well, my daughter, can't, yeah, my teenage daughter hates it, but, like, on the inside, she's, like, loving every minute of it. What was that, Russell? Yeah, they love to hate them. They do. They do. Hey, but we're talking about spiritual fathers tonight. And you know what? I'm, I, I, I apologize for those jokes. They were bad, but I don't care because I've got the microphone. Hey, but, but the, 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 one of the key thoughts is this, okay? So our church is family, right? So church is family. And, uh, well, I, I hope that 
You know, if you're coming along to this church, that you see this church as your family, as your spiritual family. And so, so it's such an important thing, though, you know, like this church is a place for you to belong. We try and create an atmosphere. We try and create kind of really all the structures we have as a church are so that you have a place where you feel like you belong, where you're connected in and, and you're connected to other people. And, and, and while this church family of ours, it may not be perfect, and principally that's because I'm here, but it's also because you're here as well, because people are here. So this church may not be a perfect family, but you know what? This church is pretty good. This, per- this church would rank pretty high, I think. But the thing I love about church is this, okay? So yes, we're a spiritual family, but there's so many things that you can get in this place that you can't get any other place. Stuff like connection, connecting with other people, stuff like that, like I said, belonging. Um, How about this one, commitment. Commitment. When we talk about church as a family, it's kind of like, I kind of think of it like this, like my daughters don't get to choose whether they're my family or not. Well, not yet. Anyway, that's not law or anything as yet, but they don't get to choose whether they're my family. They're, They're there. They're there, and, and, and our family should be like that as well. This family should be a place where, hey, you know what? We're committed to each other. We're committed to where we're going as a, as a group of believers together. We're committed to God most of all. So there's that commitment there. But, you know, like, and, and, and it's funny, a lot of people come into, like, a church like this when they first start coming to church, and, and a lot of people come in, and, and they're sussing us out, and that's cool, totally cool. But a lot of the first thing people say is actually, you know what, what can I do? And it's like, hey, so I come along, and it's, hey, what can I do? But actually, that's the wrong question, because the right question should actually be, who am I supposed to be with? Who am I supposed to be with? Not what can I do, because what can I do flows out who are my people or who are the people that I am with? Who are the people that I have into my world? Who are the people that are speaking into my life? Who are the people that I'm doing my life with? Who are they? Because out of that then comes the doing. It's not the other way around. Because you know why? It's because you find your people and you find the people that you're supposed to be with. That is when you find your destiny. That is when you find your calling. That's when you get a vision for your life. It's the people that are in your world. Your destiny is totally, totally, totally linked with others. It's not about you. I'm sorry to say it's not about you. It's about everyone else in my world and what I can do with others and and what I'm doing there. See, what I think this family needs probably more than anything else is this. And it is, as I said earlier, the title is, it's it's spiritual fathers, spiritual parents, Spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers. And my, my scripture for the night, because this is scriptural, which is always good, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, and it says this. The apostle Paul, who um, loves coffee, he, he writes to the church at Corinthians, and they're having all this trouble with, with guys doing all the stuff and saying things that they're not supposed to be and doing things. And he writes this letter, and this awesome bit here in chapter 4, verse 14, he says this, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you may have 10,000 instructors in Christ, that's like Paul saying, hey, 100, you might have 100 billion, million, trillion instructors, instructors or teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you, through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me.
imitate me. And, and so my paraphrase of this is this, right? Especially in this day and age, and, and this world we're living in, there are so many voices wanting to speak into our lives. You, I tell you what, you have got 10,000 different voices wanting to speak into your world. 10,000 different people who want to have a say. If, if you don't believe me, just open up Facebook at the moment. Because there are 10,000 people with an opinion and a voice wanting to speak in your life. There's 10,000 different people, different voices, different things trying to tell you a different thing. But you know what Paul's saying here? Yes, there's 10,000 teachers or 10,000 people talking into your world, all these voices. But you know what? There's not many fathers. There's not that many people who are willing to actually commit to other people and walk a journey with them. There's not that many. There's not that many people that are kind of like, hey, you've got all these people willing to tell you what to do or to give you that advice or tell you what to do about one thing. But there's not that many people that are like wanting to grab someone else and say, hey, you know what? I want to go and do a journey with you and take you somewhere. There's not that many fathers. And I think within this family, one of the key things we need is spiritual fathers. Spiritual parents. Spiritual parents. And, and, and when, I, when, I, when I talk about this, yes, I get um, that in this day and age, there is the absence of fathers. This is the fatherless generation, right? Fatherless generation. And I get this, but I'm not just talking about that. I'm not just only talking about people who need a, a spiritual father in life because maybe dad wasn't around. I'm not just talking about people who need a spiritual dad in their life because maybe dad was a bit dysfunctional or maybe he just didn't know what to do. He didn't know what he was doing. I'm not just talking about that. I'm not just even talking about people who, who, whose relationship with their natural father was distant, but just because he's not present, he's not there. He's like there, but he's not, which is a kind of thing these days. I'm not just talking about that. I'm not just talking about people who have been through that and maybe had a negative experience with their fathers, that they need spiritual fathers. Have you, have you ever heard that saying, it takes a village to raise a child? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about here. Because yes, there are people who need a dad and need someone to lift them up and believe in them and champion them and say, yeah, you can do it. But you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a dad with four daughters, right? So I've got four kids. And they're gorgeous. But I want to make sure that I have as many spiritual parents in their life as possible. I'm their natural dad. I'm their dad and I do my best. I do my very best. But I want my 16-year-old in youth on a Friday night with a bunch of teenagers and young adults who are speaking into her world when she's going through rough stuff and she may not come and speak to dad about it, but I know there's people in her world that will speak truth into her life, that will do the journey with her. It takes a village to raise a child. That's not just like a cute saying. That's actually truth. That's why I'm like the world's biggest believer in youth. I love youth leaders. I love kids' church leaders. I love our crèche leaders. I love people that when I drop even my three-year-old kids, my three-nagers, my two three-nage twins, I drop them off to crèche, it's not just a babysitting service. There's people there that are going to teach them about God. They're going to do little drawings about Joseph's Technicolor dream code and learn about But there's people there who are like spiritual, they're speaking into their life. I love that. And I'm a champion for it. And you know what too? 
being a spiritual parent, it's, just not, it's not just about sex, as I said. It's not just, a, I'm, I'm saying spiritual fathers, but it's not just about the guys. We need spiritual mums. We need spiritual mums. It's not just about age. It's not just old people like me that can be a spiritual father. We've got a whole bunch of kids in our kids program that need teenagers serving there, speaking into these kids' lives. We've got a whole stack load of kids and youth that need young adults there, helping and serving and being spiritual dads to people a couple of years younger than them. Could even be that depends on what you're doing. You could be a spiritual father to someone else in an area of life that you're successful and you can speak in other people's lives through that. It's not about age. It's not about sex. It's not about whether you've got it all together. But we need as many spiritual parents as we can get. And you know what? You know what I love about this? Anyone can do this. That's what I love about it. That's what gets me excited about if we create a mindset that, you know what, I can do this. I can take someone with me on a journey. Anyone can do it. Don't look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm too young. I've got nothing to offer. Don't look at yourself and go, no, I, I, I couldn't do something. This isn't for me. I've got nothing. Everyone can do this. Everyone has something to offer. Everyone has something to speak into someone else's life. Everyone can do this. And you know what? It comes with this mindset that, you know what? I love this. I was speaking to someone this morning. He was just saying, you know what? I've got this amazing revelation about church. I rock up on Sundays and I, somebody said this to me and, I, and it kind of, my brain exploded. And I realized that church isn't about me. Church isn't about me. In fact, you know what? Life isn't about me. My life, what I have to offer, isn't about me, mine, my own, I. It's about what I can speak in other people's world. It's what I, I, I can offer to other people. You may not think that's much, but you know what? Every single person in this room has something to offer. Every single person in this room can grab another person and be a spiritual dad or a spiritual mum to them. Every single person in the room, you can pray right. You can encourage right. You can believe in someone right. Every single person in this room can be a spiritual dad or mum. And you know what? More than ever, we need this right here, right now, today. We need as many of the spiritual dads and mums as we can get. So what is a spiritual dad or spiritual father? Okay, so Paul writes, and, he, and, he, and Paul has four things here that he does as a spiritual father. And it's four things, and, and again, I love this. I just like simplifying stuff because, you know, I'm a simple guy. I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm a simple guy. I like simplifying stuff so I can understand. I figure if I can understand it, so can everyone else. It's really, really good. So Paul does, he's, he does four things as a spiritual dad. All right? The first thing is this. If we read through this, and now they're all in this scripture here, he says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. You know the four, first thing, and, and it's kind of like the overarching thing behind all of this. If you want to be a spiritual dad or a spiritual mum for someone, the overarching thing has got to be love. 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 
we get all mixed up because we kind of think of love and, and I watch, unfortunately, I watched The Bachelor the other night. I worked late and I got home and I put my dinner in the microwave and Lisa was like sitting there folding some washing and The Bachelor came on and, and we're just sitting there. It's a weird show. Have you ever watched that? It's like one dude and like 30 girls all competing for his attention and, you know, they all love him. And they're all just there and they stuff like, I'm just here because I want to find true love. There's 30 of you, man. (laughs) 30. (laughs) I just want love. And I just know he's the one. There's 30 of you in the house. So we get all mixed up and we go, hey, we talk about, hey, love it. We're not talking about that kind of love. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Paul says, hey, I love you and I care. You're like my own children. I love you. I'm your spiritual dad. I love you as my own children. How's that for a heart for somebody else? I've got kids. I love my kids. My kids are awesome. Could you imagine loving other people as much as I love my kids? Whoa. But that's what Paul's saying here. He says, you are my spiritual beloved children. He genuinely cares. He's not just making it. He genuinely cares for them. Imagine that. In this day and age, that we would actually genuinely care for other people. That's amazing. We're so caught up in the I-ness of life that to actually put other people in before ourselves, it's like, what? I just want love. There's a genuine commitment from Paul. See, when we talk about that, you're my beloved children. I'm committed to my children for, for life. It's not like I'm committed to my children until they start at school and then, you know, or I'm committed to my children until they're old enough to go down the mine shaft and start digging coal or whatever. Back in the olden days, they used to send the kids out when they're like 10 years old, go digging coal and all that kind of thing. I'm committed to my kids long term. So, but, but when you're talking about spiritual fatherhood, I don't know, that's how my brain works. It's all good. We're talking about spiritual fatherhood, right? We're talking long-term, like commitment, commitment to each other, because we're talking about within the walls of this church. We're committed to each other. We're making a commitment to others that, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk this journey with you. I'm going to be there for you. I love you, but not in the bachelor love. I love you. I genuinely, yeah, thank goodness, right? I know, right? I genuinely care for you. But this isn't built overnight. It's not like, you know, I, I, it's not like I rock up to somebody and I say, you know, like it's, it's in Star Wars where, you know, with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, you know, I, I am your father. No! It's not like that. You don't just walk up and say, I'm your spiritual dad. Really? Because this is like a long-term commitment thing. It takes time to build it. It takes time to build that love. It takes time to build that connection and that commitment. But yet, love is the overarching thing that that Paul has here. Love. Love. And that's funny because as Christians, what are we called to do is love. Our God is love. We're called to love. Put others ahead of ourselves. First thing Paul does as a spiritual dad, he loves. 
And it's not based on actions and it's not based on whether somebody's doing something for me or whether I can get something from them. It's just based on they're a child of God. Created in the image of God. They're worthy of love. Every single person here is worthy of love. Worthy of acceptance. Worthy of love. And we see when Jesus got baptized, we see God's father heart towards his son. And we see that there where Jesus goes under the water, he gets baptized. But this is before he's done anything, any ministry, anything. He gets baptized, he comes up, and everyone hears the audible voice of God. How cool would that be to actually hear like the audible voice of God? And God says, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. And so we see there, God, the father heart of God. He just loves Jesus, not because Jesus has done anything. It's who he is. And he extends his identity. This is my son. He gives him identity. He gives him acceptance. I, I love him. And he gives him approval. I'm well pleased in him, but it's not based on anything he has done. It's based on the fact of who he is and what he is. He's a child of God. I think that's pretty cool. The second thing that Paul does, he writes there and he goes, hey, so you my beloved children... I'm writing all this stuff previously. I'm writing this letter to warn you. To warn you. I'm here. I'm, I'm writing to warn you. He, he, the second thing that Paul does, he protects them. And we know as a father, a father's got to be the great protector against spiders and against all sorts of menaces like that. But as a spiritual dad or a spiritual parent, we protect those that God has given us. We all, everyone needs someone to speak in our lives sometime. All of us, when we're going down a, a track where we probably shouldn't be going down, everyone needs someone in our lives to go, hey, um, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Someone that we know loves us. Someone that we trust. Someone who we allow into our world to speak in our world to go, hey, have you thought that maybe if you keep doing that, it won't work out so good? People who can warn us and protect us and look after us. Everyone needs someone that we can just ask, go talk to, get guidance off, maybe confess stuff to. All of us need someone, people like that in our world. All of us need people that we can go to in times of trouble. When stuff goes down, people that we can go to. I remember, I know a, a specific guy who's a spiritual father of mine, Simon McIntyre, and I was going through a particularly rough part of my life, and he just said, hey, he used to be down in Sydney, I was in Brisbane, he said, just come stay here for two weeks, and I, I just went down there, stayed at his house for two weeks, and he just, every day, would just read the Bible and pray, and he just talked to me. He was just there, he's my spiritual dad. Even now I kind of call him my second dad. We need that, we need that protection. The third thing Paul does, so he, he, he loves, and that's the, uh, that's the kind of like foundation or the overarching thing is that love. The, se the second thing he does, he protects. The third thing he does, he encourages. He encourages. So he says, hey, yeah, you might have 10,000 teachers, yet you don't have many fathers, but I'm your father because I spoke the gospel to you. And he says, therefore, I urge you, or, or my other translation says, I exhort you, which is a... So, a, a term for encourage. I encourage you. Imitate me. I encourage you. He encourages them. 
And you know what? As a church, I always want to be as a church. I know Pastor John and Dan are exactly the same. We're a church that lifts people up, not drags people down. We're a church that we're going to pull people up with us. We're going to take people with us. We're a church that cheers people on. We're going to be a church that's each other's biggest fan. We're raving fans about other people in our church. Come on. We believe in people. We tell people they can do it. Not empty words, but we actually, we want to believe the best in people. Do you know how many people, it's scary. And I'm a pastor, I've spoken to a lot of people. Do you know how many people have never actually had someone who's truly actually believed in them? Scary. Do you know what that does to your thinking when you don't actually have someone who's believed in you? We've got to be a church that believes in each other. We've got to be a church that, hey, I go, you know what, I'm going to be a spiritual dad. I'm going to take someone and go, you know what, I believe in you. You can do this. Encourage each other. And you know what, one of the most encouraging things is, I, I, I love this because I've got people that pray for me. One of the most encouraging things that you can ever have is knowing that people are praying for you. I love it. I've got a little old lady, Lynn Cook, and she tells me every time, I've been praying for you this week. And I love it. It's the best. I go and give her a hug because I'm so excited. She's praying for me. One of the most encouraging things for you is if somebody is specifically praying for you. We should be praying for each other. At the very least, all of us can do this. At the very least, all of us can go, you know what? I'm going to start praying for this boy. But, but it's not just enough to pray. You know what? Tell them. Tell them. I do that all the time. I pray for people. I send them a text. Hey, man, I'm praying for you. It's the best thing ever. Because I know because people do that for me. We're encouragers. We love each other. We protect each other. We encourage. And finally is this. So Paul, the ultimate spiritual dad, right? He loves, he protects, he encourages, and he says this last thing here. Therefore, I exhort you, I encourage you, I urge you, imitate me. Paul sets an example. Paul sets an example. Not just words, but our ways. Not just our words, but how we live. Not just what we say, but what we actually do. Give other people something to to look at. Give some other people something to aspire to. I pray this thing from Colossians, and it talks about living a life worthy of God and worthy of His calling. And I try to do that as best I can. But we're called to live in the name of Jesus. And we talk about the name of Jesus, right? And, and I love it. We talk about the, the authority and power in the name of Jesus, but it's not just about that. When we live in the name of Jesus, we're not just, we are, we're not only living in His power and authority, we're actually His representative as well. I think of it like a police officer, and you've heard me use this, this illustration before, right? So if I'm driving down the road, and um, Senior Constable Mark Burrell steps out on the road dressed in his police officer outfit with his police badge there. Do they wear police badges? Yeah, they do. Or the, whatever. He steps out on the road and he goes, boom, like that. What are you going to do? I'm going to stop. Because you know why? He's in the uniform. He's got the badge. He carries the power and authority of the state of Queensland, right? We're the same as Christians. 
when you receive Jesus into your world, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God, you carry with you the power and authority of the name of Jesus. How cool is that? You can talk to things. You can speak to things with the power. You can speak into your world and speak into your situation with the power and authority of Jesus Christ. But if, if that police officer doesn't realize that not only does he carry the power and authority of the state of Queensland, he's actually also a representative of the state of Queensland. If he doesn't understand that and act accordingly, it's not a good thing, is it? We as Christians, not only do we carry the, the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, we are his representatives here on earth. We need to live like it. We need to live in such a way that when people look up, to, I, I, I'm honestly, I try my best to live a life that when a young man looks at me and goes, that's awesome, I've got something to aspire to. We can all do that. Spiritual dads, spiritual mums, live in such a way that you bring honor to God. But that, not only that, that other people can look at you and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have so many awesome spiritual mums and dads in this church. So many people that you can go to and go, hey, can you give me some advice on this? So many people that you can go to and ask, hey, could you pray for me? So many people that you could go to and, and, or even just look at and just like look at Russell and go, I want to be like Russell if I grow up. We've got so many people like that in our church, but you know what? We need more. Every single one of us needs to get this revelation that you know what? I can grab just one person. Every single one of us needs to get this revelation where, or maybe I could be a leader in a connect group and have a bunch of people that I'm a spiritual dad to. Or maybe leading a team on a Sunday where, you know what, I might just be, we might be doing a task, but you know what, I could be a spiritual dad and pray for some of these guys. Maybe it is serving in kids, serving in youth. Maybe, yeah, grabbing one person and just like taking them on that journey, being committed to them, walking with them. We can all do it. We can all do this. And my prayer is that as a church, that totally we are all released into this. Who's keen? Hey, who's keen? Who's keen? Because all of us can do this. I'm passionate about this. This isn't just like something that I'm just throwing out there and kind of like, I am passionate about this. At the very least, we can grab someone else and say, hey, you know what? I'm praying for you this week. And not only say we're going to do it, do it, send them a text to say, you know what? I have prayed for you this week. The flip side is this. Because in some ways, the easiest part of it is actually being a spiritual dad or a spiritual mum. Sometimes, for some of us, the hardest part is actually opening our world up and letting other people in. As I said before, you know, like I, I talked about finding your people and finding who you're supposed to be with. Oftentimes, we don't realize that this walk with God is supposed to include other people. I, my destiny is tied up with other people. One of the things that God uses to grow me is other people.
And one of the things also, this is kind of the flip side of this message is this. Let's open our heart up to other people and allow other people to speak into our lives. Don't shut people out, but open up. Open up. Open up. Hey, why don't we close our eyes? Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch every single person here. Hey, so if that's you, while every eye's closed and just you're, you're sitting there and you go, yeah, I can do this. You might already be doing it. But you're sitting there saying, yeah, let's do this, God. Use me. Just lift your, lift your hands up. Just ready to receive. Because what I'm going to ask God to do in a moment is to show you a picture of the, somebody that you can get alongside. Every eye closed. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Fill every single heart here right now. Thank you, Lord God, for a bunch of spiritual dads and spiritual mums, regardless of age, regardless of where we're at, but just we're loving our hearts, Lord God, and in willingness to get alongside other people and walk the journey with them. God, I ask you right now to show us a picture of someone that we can get alongside. A person we can pray for, a person we can encourage, a person we can be an example to, or maybe a person we can just love on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might be sitting here and you might be the flip side and it's like you've realized, you know what, I've got to let other people into my world. And if that's you, just ask God to help. God, I pray for every single one of us, Lord God, that we would have open hearts. God, that we would not shut other people out. But Lord, we'd be open to the love and care and encouragement and prayer of other people. God, we would not shut it out. Holy Spirit, we'd welcome it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.